Hello there, sharks. I'm Jonathan Little, here today with another episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And today, we have a hand from Brad Owen, who is the king of video blogging, at least in the poker space. He has a whopping 452,000 subscribers as of the day I made this video. In a week, he'll probably have 500,000. And then in about three months, he'll probably have a million poker fans watching him get in there and battle it out. That's a lot of fun. That's inspiring, right? Good job. Good work, Brad. Make sure you check him out at youtube.com slash Brad Owen Poker. He is regularly working with me, helping to spread the word of pokercoaching.com. Good, wholesome content to make you better at poker and better at life. So make sure you follow him at Brad Owen Poker on YouTube. Today's hand is from 510 No Limit Hold'em at where... Well, the place where I used to play all the time, all day, every day, at Bellagio. Let's get right to this, well, rather bizarre hand. Next, we're dealt pocket eights in the big blind. Good hand. Cutoff opens to 80. He's one of the players that I feel I have an edge on. I want to get involved with as many hands as possible with him. This seems to be the strategy for the other pros as well. I call for 60 more. We're heads up. The flop comes. All right. Apparently, we are playing 5-10-20 because he said he's facing a raise to 80. Okay, maybe there was a straddle, maybe it's a mandatory straddle. Who knows what's going on? Um, by the way, when it pertains to straddles, if everyone is straddling, it's fine. You're now playing a three-blind game where the, sta the stacks are effectively halved. So if you bought in for, let's say, $2,000 at this 5-10 game, thinking you're going to be playing 200 big blinds deep, if you're playing 5-10-20, well, now you're playing closer to 100 big blinds deep, right? So make sure you account for that. Um, you do not want to be the only or one of the... Few people at the table straddling, though. That is detrimental. The only positions you should actually be losing money from at the poker table are the small blind and the big blind. So voluntarily putting yourself in another blind is really, really bad, especially when that blind is twice as big as even the big blind, right? From every other seat, you get to play only the good cards, right? And that results in you winning from every seat. You want to have as many of those seats as you can, and you want to have as few of seats in the blinds as you can. So straddling voluntarily is really bad. I don't think Brad did that, but I'm just pointing this out. Just for the few people out there who like to straddle to try to spice it up. If you want to try to spice up the game, I would much, 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 much more heavily recommend, instead of straddling, why don't you just three bet a little bit more? Like say you normally want to three bet with... I don't know, 9-7 suited. Maybe a 3-bet, the 9-6 suited, or the 6-4 suited, right? Say you want to um, spice it up instead of trying to play good fundamentally sound poker after the flop, maybe you bluff raise a little bit more, right? Doing that's going to cost you almost no money, and it's going to make the game seem a whole lot wilder to your opponents compared to if you just straddle and put money in drawing thin. Okay, we have that tangent out of the way. What are we doing today? Oh, 5-10 no limit hold'em with Brad Owen. All right, let's take a look. Someone raised, he calls big blind pocket eights, perfectly fine. We are playing, by the way, about $3,000 deep. So that is going to be effectively 150 big blinds. 8-3-2, that's pretty good. Um, 8-3 deuce with two spades. We flop top set against the right person at the table. I check, with dreams of stacking the opponent, could be tough, he immediately checks back. Mmm, bummer, 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 bummer. So Brad has this opponent labeled as the weaker player. Well, the weak, not necessarily weaker, but the bad player, right? Um, bad does not necessarily mean overly aggressive. It does not necessarily mean weak and tight. It is definitely important to classify and try to very specifically say what your opponent does incorrectly. I'm sure Brad did this in his video, but 
typically when people are bad at the cash games, they're usually overly loose, overly aggressive, splashing around hard, right? So against these players, you want to do everything you can to give them a chance to bluff. So I love the check. I would always check here. And when the opponent checks back on the 8-3-2, it is a bummer. Um, I don't know anything about Brad's poker tells. I'm going to presume he doesn't have any or many. In this spot, though, what some people do very incorrectly with pocket eights on 8-3-2 is they'll just, like, snap check. When they normally, hmm, take a second and then check. You want to make sure your timing is relatively consistent, especially in live poker. Otherwise, even the most unobservant players will pick up on it. Imagine you did something egregious, like normally you check it after a second. Imagine with your pocket eights, you instead tank for three minutes and then check. You think that's going to send off warning bells? Well, clearly it will. And if you normally take one second, but instead you take three, or if you normally take three seconds and instead you take one, and you do that very rarely, even the people who are not trying to pay attention will notice that kind of thing. So make sure you are consistent in that. Anyway, check, check. I can already tell you, in this spot on the turn, I'm going to be betting basically every turn besides perhaps like an ace or a king or a queen. And that's because ace and king and queen should be pretty good for the opponent. And if they don't have anything, they should also bluff a lot of the time. Um, of the lower cards, I'm just going to bet because there's no reason to think the opponent would then bet with a hand like ace high, which I think is a pretty likely hand here. The opponent could also have underpairs, right? This is a spot where it's definitely important to try to figure out what the opponent does wrong. If they are always going to check behind with hands like 7, 6s, 5s, 4s, ace 3, ace 2, 4, 3 for you know mostly middle pair type hands, then we definitely want to be betting like every turn, right? But if they're going to be checking behind a lot of ace high and king queen and queen jack, then perhaps we want to keep checking on turns, on all turns, because they're sitting there with a whole lot of king highs and queen highs that are going to feel very inclined to bluff. So always try to narrow your opponent's range based on what you've seen in the past and how they play in general. Anyway, check, check on the flop. What a bummer. He probably doesn't have an overpair or a flush draw, otherwise he might have bet. We'll have to figure out a way to get value out of what's likely two high cards. The turn is the four of spades. I'm not too concerned about it after a check through previously. Four of spades on the turn. Should we be concerned about this? I actually made a quiz where you can go through and quiz yourself on various cash game spots. It's a completely free quiz. Check it out, pokercoaching.com slash cash quiz. And we go through some spots that are sort of like this, where should we be betting here in this scenario? You always want to make sure you are quizzing yourself and actively learning. Okay. In this spot, four of spades, I definitely think we need to bet. And I think we want to bet kind of big. If the opponent has any pair, they're not going to fold. If they have any spade, if they're loose and splashy, which I presume they are, they're not going to fold. So I think we want to bet, we want to bet something like $150 here just to really try to get money in the pot and charge the draws to the best of our ability. I bet 100 to deny equity in case my opponent has a single spade. Maybe I can get calls out of a variety of ace high hands that at least just picked up a straight draw. Okay, that, that's an interesting thought. So when you bet 100, your opponent needs to realize 25% equity and they just will with their hand given they're going to be getting some implied odds. I don't think you can just like automatically check and fold if a spade comes. Even though there would be four spades on board, you're going to find that loose aggressive players will take hands like, well, any hand that doesn't have a spade and bluff it. And for that reason, you probably have to call a lot of river bets. So I think the spade is the thing we are most concerned about. We're not really concerned about an ace either getting value from or denying equity from it because it's drawing very thin, right? And I just don't know if he's even going to call 100 with a random hand like ace nine or ace jack right if, they have, if he has a spade he will though but those hands aren't really making much of an error so whenever you are betting in this spot i think you just want to bet a little bit bigger to try to 
either induce your opponent to fold a spot that's like roughly break even or induce them to make a call that's slightly bad. I think when they call 100 here, they're just not really screwing up all that much. So I, I would definitely recommend a bigger bet. In spots like this where your opponent's going to have a whole lot of draws that all have 20% equity or so, you want to make a bet that makes it unprofitable to call. And I realize here the opponent needs to win 25% and they're only going to win 20 but again, they do have some implied odds here, I think. The player calls. The river is the ace of clubs. River is the ace of clubs. Hmm, what will we do in this spot? I want you to take a second and think about what you do with your set of eights on the ace of clubs on this four straight three flush board. Why don't we have a quiz? I'm going to pause the video. Well, I want you to pause the video. Someone's going to pause the video here. And I want you to write in the comment section below if you would check, looking to check raise, check, looking to check call, check, looking to check fold, or bet small, like 100, bet medium, like 250, or bet big, like 400 or even more. Lots of options today. Pause the video and write what you would do in the comment section below. All right, what a weird spot. Ace of Clubs is a card that definitely should hit some of the opponent's range. The question is, will they bet it? And this is where I can't give you a great answer. <laughs> is it okay to give a quiz if I can't give you a great answer? The, the thing is here is that your play here depends heavily on what the opponent's likely to do. If your opponent will just fold out a hand like pocket sixes if you bet again, you probably just want to check, right? If your opponent will check behind with an ace, you definitely want to bet. If your opponent will always bet an ace, though, you definitely want to check. And then you're going to check call or check raise based on what your opponent does. If you check in the spot and your opponent bets $400 for about the size of the pot, then you should definitely just call because they could have a flush. Probably not. They could have a five. I don't see a reason why they couldn't have like ace five, five, three suited, five, two suited if they're loose and splashy, right? Six, five, pocket fives, right? They can have all of those hands. So when they bet big in this scenario, they're going to be more polarized, either just like nothing or an effective nut hand, and that's going to be like a five or better, which you lose to. And if they do have an ace that they decided to bet big and you check raise, then they're probably going to fold anyway. If they bet small, like 120 though, I would go ahead and put in the raise, even on this four straight, three flush board, because when they bet small, they are very likely to just have an ace. And if they're very likely to have an ace and they bet 120 and you make it 340, they're just going to find a hero call a lot, especially if they are loose and splashy. Notice how I'm already thinking ahead about like what I'm going to do based on all of these potential things that could happen. I think that's a very good thing for you to do when you are playing poker and studying poker because it's almost like instead of playing this one exact hand, we're playing a lot of potential hands. And all these hands do play out some portion of the time in reality. Um, if you are going to bet here, you want to bet small if your opponent's going to call with a lot of hands like pocket sixes, but I think that's kind of unlikely on the ace river. So I think I would bet pretty big. We are trying to get called by two pair, like ace two, an ace, like ace king, ace queen, ace jack. And um, I mean, I don't think they're going to show up with many other hands besides that, but maybe they decide to hear a call like a weird pocket kings that check back flop and then call the big turn or call the turn bet. I don't think that's likely. I think you're going to see a lot of one pair hands here, like. 8-7, although we block that. I guess that's not even likely, is it? Maybe we are looking at just like under pairs. If we're looking at just under pairs and ace and ace, aces, ace, king, ace, queen, ace, jack type hands, I think we just want to bet big because the under pairs are probably going to fold. 
and the ace is going to call any regular bet. So I think I would go something like 270 here. And then if you bet 270 and get raised, I think you can actually just fold here because it is possible for your opponent to have a five, right? If you bet big on the river, like 270, I don't expect anyone to value raise an ace. Now, if your opponent is going to value raise an ace because they just don't understand hand values on this four straight three flush board, then maybe you bet and then call it off, but that would take an especially insane opponent. Are we done? Did we finish the hand? Oh no, there's more? Okay, let's see. Something interesting happens. The player reaches for chips and bets 300 out of turn. This is very bizarre for this to occur in stakes this high. I'm trying to figure out what to make of it. I'm not sure if this is a genuine mistake or some kind of an angle. Hmm. Hmm. All right. I'm going to tell all of you a tip for live poker. Most of you are going to forget this in game, but I'm going to tell you a tip here. When someone does something out of turn and you don't seem to think they're an angly type person, you just think they're kind of a bit more of a novice player, or maybe they're just really excited. When someone acts out of turn, they almost always are losing their minds because they are very excited about what is happening here. Almost always. I'm trying to think of the times I've seen someone lead out of turn here with just some stone bluff. Try to come up with a stone bluff anyway, right? Find one. Um, so if this player is very excited about this, <laughs> I think it could be a check fold, as nitty as that sounds. That said, I, I would have check called if we have some read the opponent's loose, splashy, and battly, because this opponent could have a hand like ace two and just think it's the nuts, right? Or ace three. More likely, though, what are they going to think all of a sudden became the nuts on this ace river? It's going to be a five, right? I realize fives are unlikely, but, I mean, they could have eight five suited for all I know, or, or nine five, nine five of hearts for all I know, and call a turn bet looking to get, get there, right? They had six open-ended straight draw, right? So... I think the play here is to either call or fold, but it's definitely a tough spot. You definitely do want to check here. Um, if you bet, like, I don't think you're going to stave off a bet unless you bet 250 and then fold to a raise if, if you plan on calling anyway. But, like, I'd rather just check and collect money from whatever bluff slash overvalues the opponent has. Um, but, yeah, live pro tip here. When somebody does something very bizarre and you are pretty sure it is not someone trying to angle you, it is almost always a player who is excited about this scenario and if they're excited about this scenario it means they like their hand i didn't check but my read on what the player's holding is still about the same so brad says i didn't check here i would i just don't say anything in these spots because i don't want to induce my opponent to not make this error in the future like imagine you were playing against someone who does this sometimes perhaps one out of ten times where they get excited wouldn't you like to know that you could make a hero fold next time or hero call next time, depending on what they show up with here. Because, like, I already know I'm going to call against a loose, splashy player. I'm just not folding here. Um, and if the opponent does show up with a five or a flush, good to know. But if they show up with ace-jack, also good to know, right? And I don't want to do anything to make this player think they did something weird or call attention to the fact that they just made what very easily could be a blunder in the future where they may have this really, really particular tell of acting out of turn that indicates something very specific about their range. I want them to keep making this error in the future, so I would not bring that to their attention. Unless, of course, I have a YouTube channel and I uh, do it right here for them in front of the whole world. I want them to keep making this error in the future, so I would not bring that to their attention. Unless, of course, I have a YouTube channel. There should be almost no fives in my opponent's range, especially ones that didn't already make a straight if he was holding ace-5 or 6-5 suited, for instance, he likely wouldn't have immediately checked back the flop with a straight draw. We ruled out flush draws earlier for the same reason. 
probably has something like Ace King or Ace Queen with one spade in his hand, is perhaps trying to name his price or his faking strength by betting out a turn. Okay, okay. Brad just made a few assumptions there. And this is a spot where maybe Brad is doing this correctly, maybe he is not, I don't know. But I am always very hesitant to say things in my head like, I can narrow fives out of my opponent's range. Especially if we say they're the loose, splashy, not-so-good player. Because the guy could have king-5 suited. Why not, right? King-5 suited. Raised from early position. Probably not that bad. Check, check, flop. Sure. Turns a straight draw. He's definitely going to call, getting good odds. And here he will be on the river. He could be opening jack-5 suited, for all I know. Right? It's possible. I do agree he probably doesn't have a whole lot of ace-5 or 6-5. Because a lot of those would raise the turn or bet the flop. But, like, I wouldn't put it past a player like this to have a random 8-5 suited, 7-5 suited, 5-3 suited, right? I definitely think all of those are possible. Pocket fives is definitely possible, right? That's a hand that would definitely raise early position, certainly could check behind flop, definitely calls turn, and definitely would bet river. Also, the 300 bet into 390, I think, is somewhat telling, too. If the opponent bet, like, 120, then I think you're against an ace way more often. But as they bet bigger and bigger and bigger, this, like, 300 is setting kind of an expensive price, right? Brad said the opponent may be trying to set his price. I think that logic more applies when the opponent bets small. Because 300 is not not a small amount. If, if the opponent... If we were playing in this hand... Remember I already said, a long time ago, that if I did decide to check the river and the opponent bets big, I'm just calling, right? And this is kind of a similar spot, except for, if anything, in my mind, the opponent's out-of-turn bet strengthens their range. So if I would have called on that spot, I think we just have a pretty easy call on this spot. Am I going to make the hero fold? Eh, you know me. I don't fold so much, but maybe we're supposed to. Like, I'm actually starting to think this could be pretty close to a fold. I, I don't fold sets. Don't try to make me fold sets in there because I won't do it. Against anyone else at the table, i probably call. Against this guy, I raised to 1,000. Woo! This is where this play could be A plus if... Your read is spot on. And I don't know how spot on Brad's read is because I don't know the player. I don't have any backstory on this hand. If Brad has played, I don't know, 300 hours of poker with this player and he's seen them make this weird out-of-turn bet a few times with, like, one decent pair, this could be a pretty sweet play. In general, though, like I already said, if I checked and the opponent bet, I would have just called. Bet big, I would have just called. And the fact that they acted out-of-turn makes me way more inclined to just call in this scenario. Ruled out nearly everything that beats me. In this he ruled out nearly everything that beat him. Again, I I don't narrow people's ranges that specifically. Um, and I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad, really. I don't know. Let me know in the comment section what you think. But like right here, I would not be shocked at all to see pocket fives, which is really logical. Um, eight five suited, certainly logical. Five three suited, sure. King five suited, sure. Queen five suited, sure. Right? Like, all of those exist. And if the player is really loose, why, why couldn't they have, like, random 7-5 offsuit, right? Some people do that. You may say, because they would have bet the flop. I don't know that. I don't know that they're going to do that. So while we can, like, weight all of these hands down to some extent to where maybe they don't have all 7-5 offsuit, maybe they have one combination of 7-5 offsuit by the time they get here this way, they could certainly have it. Also, maybe they just slow play to flush. Could have happened, right? Maybe they did just call your turn bet really quickly with ace-5 or 6-5. Uh, could have happened. So I, I would not have narrowed their opponent's range that much. I hope the opponent just has, like, queen jack of hearts. Particular player... No, no, I, I want to I see ace-queen I want to see ace queen from the opponent, and Brad's value raise just be sick. Have ace-queen opponent. Ace-queen of hearts. Might be willing to call with worse. 
He's not even able to follow the action. After a lot of time goes by, the player surprisingly tosses in pocket fives face up in the middle of the table. He mutters something, but I'm not sure if he folded or called. What did he do? He said he folded. Oh, okay. That's him. <laughs> Well, that's oh, unfortunate. A few very strange things happened for me to just about lose the maximum, including a terrible run out and an out-of-turn bet that I imagine wasn't an angle, and likely was more excitement from this player who hit one of three outs that got him. Our video kind of messed up at the end. Um, yeah, so I mean, I agree with this. Let me show you one thing here, if I can find it. Right here, Brad bets a thousand. Opponent says something then put chips in the pot. Look, I'm not saying you should angle in this scenario, but the way Brad said it made it sound a little weak. Sometimes in this scenario, you can be like, got it, right? And that may scare the opponent into folding. I know that's a little angle shooty, a little live pro-y. To be fair, if the opponent tanks her forever and then calls, I would have thought I had it. Um, I'm not saying to be an angle shooter. I don't think that's an angle shoot, though. It is worth noting, like, this, this hand, th there were conceivably, like, angle shoots going on, right? Where maybe the opponent was angling this whole time. I don't know. But, like, I don't, I don't necessarily view things like that as, um, unethical slash bad. Because no rules have been broken, right? I mean, the opponent's bet out of turn is definitely, definitely breaking a rule. But, like, say on the river, you bet, you check race 2000, the opponent tanks and then calls and they say something that's not audible, and it's clearly not audible, maybe they're trying to angle you again. Could you imagine on the river, Brad bets 1,000 with a bluff. Well, check raises to 1,000 with a bluff. Opponent says, you know, and then you say, oh, you got me, nice hand, and then you muck. That would be a disaster if they called with some nonsense, right? But imagine if instead you say, got it, you know? You put it, you put in the thousand, they call you. As soon as they call you, say, I got it. That's a spot where maybe they all of a sudden fold. So like, are we angling the angler? I don't know, but you have to protect yourself in scenarios like this. And either what you say needs to be very stoic to where you are just straight trying to get a definitive answer. I think Brad said, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Um, which I think is perhaps a little bit, a little bit, Negative. Maybe Brad wanted to get called, to be fair. <laughs> maybe he did want to get called. I mean, look, maybe I'm being a bit result-oriented here because um, the opponent had the fives, right? And I, I suppose, in theory, once I uh, check-raise here to 1,000 and the opponent tanks for a few minutes and then calls, I guess I think I have the best hand, right? So I guess I want him to call. Maybe I'm supposed to sound a little bit sad. I don't know. Weird spot, right? Weird scenario. There's nothing wrong with saying words confidently or unconfidently at the poker table to get whatever result you desire. I'm sure some people are going to try to cancel me for that statement. Hate to break it to you. When you're playing live poker, you're allowed to speak. All right, that's going to be it for today. Fun hand, weird hand. Brad did lose the maximum here. I think, if anything, he was overly confident in his read on the opponent's range. Um, that said, it could have just been good and maybe got unlucky. It's tough to know. That's the tough thing about poker. Who knows? Anyway, check out Brad Owen's channel. He has a lot of great content like this. Check it out at youtube.com slash Poker. I know this was a long video. I know I rambled a lot. Do you all want me to ramble a little bit more or do you want me to stay on topic? Some people hate it. I'm sure we can get 25 YouTube comments saying, this was just a two minute long hand. Why'd it take you uh, 20 minutes to do it? There's a lot of stuff that comes up in poker. Poker's a hard game. Hate to break it to you. Kidney games down the street. Talk to you next time. 
Oh, did you like this? Click like, click subscribe. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking the time to watch this video, and as a thank you, I'm going to channel all of my poker knowledge into your brain right now. Oh wait, that didn't work. Sorry, you're gonna have to keep studying. Go ahead and click the subscribe button right here, and I'll see you in the next video.